everyone welcome back to the trail life podcast i'm your host jeff stoner as always uh thank you for joining me on another trail journey through the podcast airwaves what a special one today i've got uh a very good friend of mine in and a very well-known trail runner here in the san diego area ultra izzy b is joining me today the trifecta of our interviews this is the third time she's on she's pretty much living here in the studio at this point we are here to talk about hey what what's going on with her just to catch up a little bit but also to talk about social media and how it can be used as a really great trail reference uh, for trail runners, whether you are somebody who is an influencer in the wild or somebody who's just a weekend warrior that's looking to uh, just follow along with what's going on. But it is a great resource for being able to find trail groups, run races, and just people in, in the in the sport itself. So it's a great conversation. Love it. Uh, I'm glad Izzy's here to, to do it. So welcome back to the trail life. Ultra Izzy B, Isabella Janovic. This episode of the Trail Life Podcast is brought to you by Built with Chocolate Milk. Recover from every workout with chocolate milk. It's the sports drink nature intended. Get more information at dairydiscoveryzone.com forward slash built. That's dairydiscoveryzone.com forward slash built. And by Crisp Refreshing Polar Seltzer. Premium seltzer, which is water, all natural fruit essences, and zillions of tiny bubbles. Polar seltzer is naturally calorie-free with no sweeteners or sodium. Family made since 1882, and that's 140 years of making bubbles. Why be flat when you can sparkle? Look for Polar near you. Go to PolarSeltzer.com or visit your local grocery store. Well, help me turn the turning. Well, help me get it right. I don't want to hurt nobody. Well, I don't want to fight. I went for a pretty hard run yesterday when it met up with uh, Angela Chartel. She's the race director for the SD 100, and she took me on a nice little 12-mile loop of cows and piles out at Mission Trails. So a little sore this morning, but I'll be at the Fleet Feet fun run tonight, the group run. <laughs> a little sore. You don't really hear Izzy say that one too much <laughs> as I roll my eyes. <laughs> deload, everybody on deload now. That's fine. Deload, tapering every week. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in. This is the uh, the trifecta now for you coming in and being on the podcast. So yes. you're holding a high company. Only Hector Rodriguez, I think, Ooh, is the only Hector. one. So. Watch out. Yeah. So watch out, Hector. She's coming for you, I guess. She packs coming for you. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> so I want to talk about a couple of things today. We're going to chat about social media um, and how it helps the trail runner. But um, I want to ask you about your new van life now. Yes. You're, you're, you've shifted gears and you're getting into this whole entire van life. So you can go out and you and you and the hubby, Mr. Snacks, Mr. Can, Snacks. can, uh, cruise the country and do races, huh? Yeah. What's, what's... Super exciting. Uh, we've been wanting to get a van for a good two years now. Um, uh, for those that have done research on vans, they are not cheap. <laughs> so, uh, we uh, found different ways to get the van. We, uh, you know, saved, refinanced the house. So paid off all our debt so that 
that we can get in more debt. You know how it works. Um, and we ended up getting a 2021 Mercedes Metris. So for those that don't know, a Metris is about half the size of the Sprinter. So it's a little smaller, but it's perfect for me because I don't need like the bathroom, the sink, the stove. I just pretty much need a place to sleep, to store my stuff, um, you know, change clothes and stuff. And then for those that know me, I am a horrible parker. So parking a Metris van <laughs> is a lot safer for those around me than parking a Sprinter van. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably only got about a twin size bed. So just the dogs. It's have actually a, a queen. Like, oh, it's queen yeah. size. Queen size in that thing? Yeah. So we got Holy the cow. Metris from Mercedes. We found one and then it took a few months for them to build it because of the supply chain issues. Once we got it in our hands, then we took it to American Van Works in Anaheim and they did the outfitting. So they did all the insulation. They added a fan. They um, built a special battery to connect to my laptop so I won't drain the car battery so I can work from there. Um, all the different outlets uh, got lights in there and then they made a sleeper, a bed with storage. So it's pretty nice. Yeah. And it fits a queen size mattress comfortably. Uh, two adults and two pit bulls, 70 pound dogs. <laughs> we fit very comfortably in there. And good thing we have the fan because it did get a little hot at night. So we're like, oop, just open the fan. Well, nice. like I said, where are you and Kyle going to sleep if the dogs are in the bed? Because right. <laughs> I, I know your dogs. They're going to take over the entire bed. Yeah, right? <laughs> we definitely got you guys shoved are gonna, to the side. You guys are going to be out doing the regular camping. Yeah, in we, tent. Brought, we brought the tent, too, just yeah, in case exactly. the dogs kick us out of their van. So, yeah, we took it. Uh, we tested it out. We took it to, uh, I had a Spartan race in San Luis Obispo. So we went out there and just camped one night at the, the campground. We stayed at a KOA campground, and those are the fancy campgrounds. They actually had a dog park there. So we got the dogs nice and tired, slept, and it worked out great. And it's going to be perfect for all the different types of races that I got going on this year. So I got my big race this year is going to be the Moab 240 in October. So Kyle will be driving the sleeper van um, without the dogs. We're leaving them at home on this one. And that way I can uh, sleep in there in between my legs instead of sleeping at the sleep station. Um, we can do more camping with the dogs. We can go more on uh, different Adventures. I, I booked a five days at Broken Arrow. Uh, that's a Solomon sponsored race up in Tahoe area. Solomon, what what? <laughs> and I'll be going up there. I'll be working a couple days. I'll be racing, just doing the 25k, and then I'll be headed out to Tahoe 200 to pace a friend overnight. So it's nice that I have the luxury of the van. I can do all these things in like six days exactly and drive right. there too. You so know? what are your now that you've got freedom? Yeah. that's what you've got now you got you know don't have to worry about always being tied to to the house you can you can yeah. work for wherever uh what are your top three races that you're looking at doing maybe across the country now that you can just cruise around yeah so my race schedule is kind of already full from deferred races still from before uh. covid <laughs> Still dealing with that shit. Still dealing with it. So we have the Ragnar Zion. Uh, we have the Mount Hood 50K in Oregon. So that'll be fun. We're going to drive out there and camp. Um, Broken Arrow. Um, Moab 240. And those are pretty much like the main ones. Um, oh, we got Ragnar SoCal Trail that we do every year. So those are the main ones this year. Yeah. 
Nice. But I'm wide open. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody's got any uh, ideas for Izzy to go out to the East Coast or the South to go see some of those events, she's now got access to go camp along the way and drive along the way. So. (laughs) Yep, exactly. All right. You talked to Moab Moab 240. Yes. So this is interesting to me. You volunteered in 2021. Yes. To get your free race entry for this year. Yes. So... Volunteering at some of these other events and now volunteering at Moab. It was intense. What did you see as a volunteer, right? What did you learn as a volunteer that you didn't know about the event before or or what's maybe going to help you out this year when you're doing your run? Yeah, so I went out there originally because I kind of had it in the back of my head. I wanted to maybe try the 200 mile distance. Uh, Also, I had a, um, I work for two different companies where I manage the athletes. So I went out there for work as well. Um, And the volunteers, we we stayed at the finish line. I had to stay at the finish line volunteer because um, I needed a Wi-Fi to make sure that I could still jump on my computer if there was an emergency, had to check email or whatever. So we camped at the finish line. All the volunteers camped at the finish line and it was work. Uh, Our primary job was to load and unload all the big trucks that kept going to the aid stations with supplies. So luckily I had a Spartan race coming up. So it was really good training for me because it was just loading and unloading a lot of (laughs) heavy things. (laughs) I'm like, give me the water jugs. I'll take those. Like, (laughs) um, so it was a lot of hard work. It was around the clock work. Uh, they wanted us at the finish line to bring in all the finishers to take care of the runners when they got to the finish line, whatever they needed, food, warmth, something hot to drink. Um, so we were there throughout the, the night. Uh, so a lot of sleep deprivation. It, the weather got a little crazy for us. It started hailing and raining and um, that's at the finish line. So they actually, the snow and weather got so bad on the course that they actually had to reroute the course to a snow course. So it takes place in the LaSalle mountains, but the snow got so bad for safety reasons, they didn't go all the way to the top. They had like a snow course, so it was lower elevation. So just experiencing all the behind the scenes work that goes into a race like this, it like now I get it that it's a $1,500 entry fee. Yeah. Like there's so many supplies. They have a whole medic team. They have a whole communications team. Everyone is wearing uh, one of those in-reach spot trackers. And there's one guy who's just staring at the spot trackers on a computer screen, like making sure everyone's moving. Right. If someone's not moving, like why aren't they moving? Are they okay? So they take a lot of safety precautions there. The volunteers work hard. The staff works hard. Um, the aid stations, they have sleep stations. It's like made to order food, hot food. So there's like a lot of logistics that go on in these races. And, and I appreciate the race directors and how much work they put into these, like even more now. So um, in return for working six days, which is a lot of hours, yeah. they, they comp your entry for next year if you choose. Now, I don't want to start any rumors or anything if they're going to be changing those rules moving forward. So don't be <laughs> like, hey, I heard Izzy B on a podcast saying I get a free race. Hey, that's between you and the race director. This is how it was for me and my experience. So disclaimer there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Candace calling me. I'm like, what are you telling all these people? Um, so another perk that I didn't know about until later was was that there's a, a certain amount of volunteers that get to bypass the lottery too. So there's now a lottery to get into this race. Oh. So because of all the hard work I did, I was able to bypass the lottery too. So I'm in it. I'm in. I'm registered. I'm on the list. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're asking your your volunteers 
to work six days in a row, sleep deprivation. Yeah, camping. Camping, everything else. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's it's an amazing situation that they're setting up over there. And, yeah. And that's awesome that they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it It's not for the faint of heart being a volunteer, even just for a runner perspective, too. So it's, if you, yeah. if you do want to jump into something like that, just no, you have to get full prepared to be uh, work your ass off. Work your ass off. And I took care of my flight and rental car too. So it's not like yeah. they paid all my fees. They did They did take care of all your food. Um, you never went hungry. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. So how does, again, being a volunteer out at that event, going through some of the sleep deprivation, the lifting, all of that stuff, how does how does that change your mentality as far as what you need to train for? Because you're going to get, I mean, obviously the runners have a lot of that sleep deprivation as well. Uh You know, as far as heavy lifting goes, you're carrying a pack the entire time, right? You have to have certain equipment, jackets, clothing, Mm -hmm. poles, whatever it is. Right. So how does that, how does that now, as you get ready to do the Moab 240 this October, um, what does your training start to look like? When do you start training for that? And then how often do you have to end up, how often are you training versus your miles? Right. So I did learn a lot from all all the runners, uh, definitely all different levels, ages, abilities. Uh, It is a lot of mental for people to cross that finish line and being able to talk to them afterwards, hearing their like war stories and uh, what it took for them to get there is really inspiring. I'm like, man, I want to try this. I really want to see if I could do this. And so um, I did a hundred miles in January so that was kind of good training a a jump into things it was my first hundred miler Uh, and then I took a break more of a mental break and I just did short runs and then I had this Spartan race deferred in March so I wanted to get that out of the way and then as soon as the Spartan race was done then I started my new training block and now it's just training for Moab I'm working with uh, my coach is um, Jeff Browning Um, a lot of you guys have probably heard of him go Bronco Billy he actually coaches Mike McKnight in the 200 milers and he was at Moab last year and paced him for his last 70 miles and he also coached it was one or two other athletes who did that race as well more in the back of the pack so uh, he definitely has experience with coaching people for the 200 so I'm just kind of trusting him to do everything for me um, <laughs> tell him and I'm just going to listen to everything he tells me what to do so uh, definitely going to have a lot of miles on certain weeks keeping up with the strength training uh, more mountain training a lot of elevation I'm going to try out to go out there when it's super cold when it's super hot overnight runs and hikes time on my feet um, it's it's kind of a fast packing race because like you mentioned, you have to have weight in your pack. So I'll be doing stuff with weight in my pack and um, experimenting with um, higher calorie foods, um, you know, because they do a lot of cook to order foods like bigger meals. So I want to experiment with different kinds of foods now, like more of the quesadillas, the thicker sandwiches, maybe burritos. And I don't eat meat, so I got to find different protein sources. Like I know a lot of people eat like hummus and avocado and beans, but is that going to work with my body? So I got to test all those things out. I got to work on sleep training. How am I going to do my sleep training? Am I going to just sleep solid three hours every night or am I just going to take cat naps when I feel tired? So all those sort of things I'm going to be working out. I'll be ramping up a lot of mileage more in August and September. I don't have any more real details specifics um, yet because I haven't been told yet from my coach, but that's kind of how my summer is going to be, which I'm super excited about because I love being in the mountains and I love being hiking and I love eating. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) 
All the benefit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like I've talked to you know a few people about you know, Moab 240 or even the 200 mile races, and it, you really that's something that it's hard to train for from a sleep deprivation perspective mm-hmm. because some people uh, do really well with quick 15 minute naps and they just run until they're exhausted and they just collapse. Yeah. Sleep for 15 minutes and they get back up and they start going. Whereas other people need to get that hour and a half or Mm -hmm. two hours, three hours nap in there. So that'll be the most interesting piece of it. I've always felt that that's the most interesting piece of how do you manage? Because it's not like you can, you're going to sleep deprivate yourself in your training. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a really hard thing to do. I, it's really hard because, you know, I do work full time too. So, and then I got to find someone to come with me for safety reasons. So anyone want to do 24 hours with me? I mean, if no. you're teaching class and all of a sudden <laughs> you just pass out in your students, I mean. Well, luckily I only teach online. So. <laughs> <laughs> still, you I'm can like, still Zoom class. Know. You can still see the teacher <laughs> passing out and falling asleep. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, that's another thing I'm excited about. And then by having the van, I can be able to do that. I can go the campground and know that when I'm tired, I can go back to the van and sleep. And my husband and dogs are there camping, fishing, waiting for me while I'm out there running. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's awesome. I, I, the 200 distance is obviously picking up more and more and more and more. So it's interesting to keep hearing more people are trying to get into this distance. Um, I'm looking forward to my two mile run. <laughs> later on today. So <laughs> let alone 240. But <laughs> um, wait, I want to talk about social media. You, you mentioned you're a professor um, mm-hmm. at the local college here. Yes. Um, and one of the classes you teach is all about social media. Yes. So I think it's interesting. And I was reading an article today or some meme or whatever it was that if a trail runner's out there and they didn't take a picture of their of their run, it didn't happen. Yes. (laughs) So, excuse me. (laughs) So I I thought it would be interesting to kind of fill the trail runner in. I mean, not everybody is a social media whiz and can be on all the time and post Mm -hmm. every four times a day or whatever it is, or, you know, has 10,000 followers. So Mm -hmm. just want to speak on the average Joe weekend warrior trail runner that maybe gets on social media just for some fun and to see what's going on in the world. How can they use that as a resource to actually better their knowledge about the trail running community? Um, you know, whether it's races or run groups or whatever like that. So, I mean, how, like, what's your perspective on how, a, like I said, again, normal trail runner, we're not talking Mike McKnight or Sally McGray. We're, we're right. talking uh, you and I, the, the yeah. everyday trail runner, right? How can they use social media as a, a really great resource and probably primarily one of the best resources at this point? Yeah, really. Um, it's it's free compared to websites. So that's one. There's definitely pros and cons of social media, and I totally understand why a lot of people don't do it, and I completely respect that. There's been times where I've been wanting to delete all my accounts, especially during COVID, during elections, but it is my job, so I'm on it no matter what. Uh, so when you guys see me on social media all the time, it's not because I'm sitting around doing nothing like I'm actually working. Uh, so I teach social media marketing for business, both at Cal State San Marcos, uh, the local uh, Cal State school here and at Miracosta College, which 
which is the local community college right here in Oceanside, San Diego. And I also own my own social media marketing company where I do social media for running companies and race directors. So it's definitely something I do all the time. But like you said, it is a great resource for just your average trail runner. Uh, Maybe you're new to the area and you want to get you want to find buddies to run with. All the running groups have social media, primarily Instagram, Facebook um, are the top ones. So you can kind of just like Google search. You can do um, an Instagram search. You can use hashtags. You can just type in stuff in Facebook and find groups and pages and connect with the community that way. You can kind of check out the group run before. I know ERS has a great ERS group run Facebook group that you can post all the weekly group runs. Um, I, can, pay, I paid her to say that, by the yeah. way. <laughs> Ultra Buds, the, the group that I'm in charge of, we have an Instagram and a Facebook, and that's how a lot of people find us. Also, with the traveling, I do a lot. I This is how I find different running groups, too. I like to join different running groups when I travel to different states. I go to Idaho a lot to visit my brother and his family, and I've ran with groups out there. If I'm in Orange County or L.A. area, I find running groups out there just by using Instagram and Facebook. Um, Also, another great thing about Instagram is that you can actually follow professional athletes and a lot of them will engage and talk back to you. So if you send them a direct message, a question, or maybe you comment on a question, uh, maybe it's something they experienced during a race or a certain piece of gear, 95% of the time they're going to write back to you, which is pretty freaking cool. Like to be able to talk to professional athletes, like without social media, we didn't get to do that when we were kids. There's no. no way. No. And now you're like, oh my gosh, I could talk to this person. Oh my gosh, he wrote me back. (laughs) You know, for those that like geek out on that stuff. But a lot of them are just so helpful. Like, hey, this is like the the nutrition I use or yeah, I really, I'm a fan of this, you know, pair of shoes type of thing. Um, You can also find uh, maybe people that have done your race. So when I decided to do the Coldwater 100 race, I used the Coldwater 100 hashtag and I kind of saw and read different people's posts on their experience of the race and maybe it gave me some tips uh, uh, on how the course terrain was. Um, Races and race directors usually have Instagram and Facebook pages if you want to check out what a race is all about. Again, Endurance Race Series, they have a a social media, Instagram and Facebook. So if you ever want to learn more about their races. And it's run by somebody really, (laughs) really talented with it. I, I don't know. Um, but those are some great examples. Uh, Facebook groups. A lot of running people have their own private little groups on Facebook and you can engage with people. You can find discount codes. Um, professional runners will have giveaways and contests. During COVID, it was amazing. It really um, kept the running community, especially here in San Diego, together with all the, the virtual runs and the virtual events that were happening. So a lot of great positives in social media, not just negatives, too. Yeah, you know... I- it's also one of those things like you can use it as a, uh, almost like a tracking situation too, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're unfamiliar with an area that you're going into yeah, and you take, take a photo and let your, you know, post it on social media and let you let your friends know that you're there. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a, it's kind of a last, you know, like just in case scenario, right? Especially if you're somebody who's new to trails mm-hmm. and you don't, really understand the area, the terrain, what the trail system actually is. And you can also use that as kind of safety procedure. Yes. Kind of a roundabout way to do it. But I think that's kind of a a good way to also 
be able to use social media as, as a resource there. Yeah, or like you said, if you see a friend post a really cool picture in a trail, you're like, where is that? Yeah, exactly. Like, those are, mountains are beautiful, where are you at? <laughs> um, and then speaking of safety too, I always tell people with their Instagram stories to post them after your run, not during your run. Yeah. If you're running alone, let's just be smart. Let's not let everyone in the whole wide world know where you're at running all by yourself in a remote area. So I do watch a lot of true crime. <laughs> listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. So I always just tell people those Instagram stories, post them after your run. Yeah, that's <laughs> a really, really great point. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I'm just out here by myself, nobody around me, yeah. whatever. I mean, free so, kidnap material. Yeah, exactly. So, um, well, you know, that's really great information. Again, I wanted to get it known that social media is a great resource regardless yes. of all of the bullshit that you see on it Yeah, um, for the most part. Yeah. Um, Just join the running groups. You don't have to be a part of all the yeah, controversial exactly. stuff. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we got some, if you're listening here in San Diego uh, County, we do have some really great trail running groups mm -hmm. um, here in this area. So and you can always find those uh, on social media yeah. and just by, just by typing in trail running groups, um, here. So and it's the same thing for Colorado and everywhere else. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I love the fact that you mentioned that when you go up to Idaho to visit your brother, mm -hmm. that it's, it's easy enough just for you to find a oh, group, group so up there, cool. you know, and it's, it, yeah. it, and typically if those running groups know that you found them on Instagram, uh -huh. they're going to be stoked. Yeah. You know, cause that's, that's what they want to, what's what they want to hear. You know, yeah. they want to be able to be seen that way. So that's a really great resource. Again, for as much BS that gets put on social media, mm -hmm. um, it can be used for, you know, for, for good, yes, <laughs> so yes, to speak. But, <laughs> um, well, yes, I won't keep you in your time. I know you're very busy. You've got like 20 jobs and you're, <laughs> I think you're in between job number three and number 14 right now, but, um, <laughs> so I'll let you go, but I, I appreciate you, um, coming on here and yep. trifecta. Trifecta. Watch out, Hector. Where you at? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for another episode of the Trail Life Podcast. Special shout out to Ultra Izzy B, Isabella Janovic, or better known now as Pop-Up Izzy B, because she's living that van life now, um, able to jump, just pop over wherever she feels like uh, doing a trail race or run into a, a group run over in Idaho or Arizona or wherever. Don't get me wrong. I'm a little jealous. Uh, I've seen her, I've seen her van. It, it's decked out really nice. So congratulations to her and her uh, husband, Mr. Snacks. But yeah, it, it was great having her in again, a trifecta of our conversation. This is our third time uh, having her in studio. So it was awesome to always have great conversation with her and listen into some of her knowledge. You know, she is a, a social media marketing instructor or professor um, here at the local colleges. And it's great to kind of have that conversation about how trail running and social media can go hand in hand. It's a really great resource. Sometimes the bullshit that's on it is kind of chaotic and all over the place, but it can be used for good. And it's a great uh, source uh, for runners to go and check out some different locations where people are running currently um, you know, where group runs are happening, trail races are happening, uh, and just a, a way to let people know where you are without having to always text or call them or whatever too. So, uh, use it for good. Use it as a resource. Thanks guys for listening in. I appreciate it. I hope you guys took uh, some information from this and he that helps you out. Uh, you know, I look forward to our next conversation and I will see you out on the trails real soon. Thanks everybody. 
This episode of the Trail Life Podcast is brought to you by Built with Chocolate Milk. Recover from every workout with chocolate milk. It's the sports drink nature intended. Get more information at dairydiscoveryzone.com forward slash built. That's dairydiscoveryzone.com forward slash built. And by Crisp Refreshing Polar Seltzer. Premium seltzer with just water, all natural fruit essences, and zillions of tiny bubbles. Polar seltzer is naturally calorie free with no sweeteners or sodium. Family made since 1882, and that's 140 years in making bubbles. Why be flat when you can sparkle? Look for Polar near you. Go to polarseltzer.com or visit your local grocery store. 